0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can spend in a new day that you have made to honour you by hearing from your word. Lord, we know that so many people around the world do not have access to your word as they would like, and so many people around the world do not want to listen to your word. But Lord, we thank you that you have kindled in our hearts this morning a desire to come along and hear the living God speak. And so, Lord, we pray that you would be with me as I seek, to preach from your word. We pray that you would strengthen me by your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would not just give us an appetite for your word this morning, but you would give us ears to listen and to put into practice the truths that we find here in your word. And we pray this in Christ's name. Um, Well, we've been working our way through the book of Hebrews, and we've come to this hall of faith or hall of fame in Hebrews chapter 11, and we started that last week. And We've come to verse 4, which mentions someone called Abel. I encourage you to have your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter 11, page 1191 of the Church Bibles this morning as we go through this passage together, and particularly verse 4 together, where we read in verse 4 that, "...by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he," that's Abel, "...was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings." And by faith, he, that's Abel, still speaks, even though he is dead. So for some of you, uh, this may not be too hard for you to understand in some ways, but others may be wondering, who is Abel? Who is this person called Cain? And what went on with an offering? And that's why earlier we read from Genesis chapter 4 to give us the context of this passage. Basically, Genesis 4 comes after creation, happens in Genesis chapter 1. Adam and Eve are created by God, and then they have these two children. So Cain and Abel are the first generation, a part of the first generation that comes from Adam and Eve, the first people who were here on this earth. So Eve gives birth to Cain and Abel, and Abel is a shepherd. So he looks after flocks, and Cain is a farmer. He's one who digs around in the ground. And both of these sons of Adam and Eve, come and bring sacrifices to God. And God is pleased with Abel and his offering, as we saw in Genesis chapter 4, but God is not pleased with Cain, the other brother, and his offering. Cain then gets angry about the fact that God is not pleased with him, and Cain then tells uh, God then tells Cain to do what is right. But instead of doing what is right, Cain seeks his brother out, invites him out into the field and kills him and then lies to God about the murder that he has committed. And as a result, God then punishes Cain by banishment, by sending him out. Now, we could talk about a lot of different things to do with Cain and Abel and we could uh, go back to Genesis 4 and draw out a number of things that might particularly interest us. But this morning I want to focus on the sacrifices that are made. Because that is the focus of Hebrews chapter 11, verse four, as we look at it together. And so the sacrifices are important uh, to us as we look at Hebrews. And even if you look at Genesis chapter four, the sacrifices are the, the main point of the passage, because of course everything else that comes from that is as a result of what happened with the sacrifices. It would be very interesting, I'm sure, to talk about the Mark of Cain, to talk about Cain's wife to talk about uh, where Cain went, the punishment that he received uh, from God, and uh, what the city was uh, that he built, and, that, and the areas, that um, the fear that he had of people around him. It would all very interesting. But the thing is, the focus should be is the sacrifices that were made by Abel and Cain, because that is what is focused for us in Hebrews chapter 11. So we have to ask the question, if two sacrifices are made and one is better and pleases God... And the other does not. Then, what makes Abel's sacrifice better? Because that is what the text says. It says in verse four of Hebrews chapter eleven, page one thousand one hundred ninety-one: "By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did." What made this sacrifice better? Well, some theologians, some pastors, think that the main point of the difference between the sacrifices has to do with the fact that one sacrifice was a blood offering involved an animal and the other was simply uh, some sort of grain or fruit offering that Cain was to produce from working in the soil. And so some people would focus on the fact that this was a blood offering and that there was a need for atonement for sin and Abel accepted this need for atonement for sin and so he brought an animal sacrifice and then, of course, that all then points to Jesus Christ as the, the true Lamb of God. Who takes away sin. And so Abel was trusting ultimately in the Lamb of Jesus Christ as he offered this sacrifice. And so you can make a a fairly lengthy sermon out of the fact that these two sacrifices, the difference between them is that one is to do with a grain offering and the other one is to do with an animal offering. But we have to remember that later on in the Bible, God does accept grain offerings. He does accept offerings that are not blood-related, and is pleased with those offerings. And so I think we have to be cautious about simply focusing on the fact that the two offerings differed in what was presented. And as we come to Hebrews chapter 11 and look at this passage and what it is all about, the reason Abel's offering is better than Cain's is because it was offered by faith. By faith. The difference between the two offerings is that there was faith towards God in Abel. We see that in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. The focus is, it says there at the beginning, by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith He still speaks even though he is dead. We've got to remember that Hebrews 11 has followed on from Hebrews chapter 10. And the point at the end of Hebrews chapter 10 is that the righteous will live by faith. That quote was given to us from Habakkuk in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 where it says there that God speaks and says, but my righteous one will live by faith. And so then the author of Hebrews is going to go on in Hebrews chapter 11 and show us that the people who are righteous are those who live by faith. The sacrifice of Abel was better because it was offered by faith. And if you look at verse 6 of Hebrews 11, just turn with me over to the page, to page 1192, we see the importance of faith there. It says in verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's impossible to please God unless you come to him by faith. And so ultimately, it's not the sacrifice itself that pleases God. It doesn't matter what the sacrifice is ultimately. It doesn't matter how good the sacrifice is if it doesn't come by faith. If there is no faith behind that in God, firstly and foremostly, then the sacrifice, whatever you bring him, is of no value. Because Cain did bring an offering to the Lord, but there was no faith in God behind that. What was Cain trusting in in then? Well, he was trusting in the sacrifice itself. And then, of course, trusting in himself, who brings the sacrifice, that he was the strong one who tilled the soil and brought about that offering that then he gives to God. And God should be pleased with him because of the offering itself, not because Cain trusts in God as Abel does. And so then we see that God was pleased with Abel because of his faith, not because of the offering. The offering pleased God because of the faith behind that offering. And then God declares Abel as righteous because of his faith. And this is a wonderful truth because that then means that as a righteous person, Abel is rewarded. If you are right, if you do what is right, then you're rewarded and not punished. And so Abel's faith brings about this declaration as we will see one of, his, uh, one of the future people of, uh, of God also receives it in Abraham. He believes in God and then that faith that he has in God, credits him righteousness. And we see that with Abel. His faith in God credits him as righteous. And so then he is no longer punished for his sin, but he is rewarded instead. And so Abel still speaks to us today by faith. We see that in verse four. It says, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a Righteous man, when God spoke well of his offerings, so by faith God was pleased with him. And by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. This is an incident that took place thousands of years ago, but by faith Abel still speaks to us today. How is that so? Well, the fact that he believed in God, God has then exalted him and made sure that his Faith is recorded in the scriptures so that we can witness it today, and so he still speaks to us from this book. That if we are to be righteous, we must live by faith. Which is interesting when you consider that Cain sought to stamp out Abel. He thought that by killing Abel, Abel would no longer be able to talk. But today, Abel still speaks. He's been speaking for thousands of years. As people have had copies of Genesis over the millennia, he has continued to remind people that it's by faith that you approach God, that it's by faith and not your works. And so we are reminded that we must trust in God rather than in our own works, rather than in the sacrifices that we make. Because whatever we offer God is not sufficient to make him pleased with us. The only sacrifice that ultimately makes us right before God, we didn't even contribute to. What is that sacrifice? It's Jesus Christ. Did you send Jesus Christ into this world to die in your place? No, God did. God provided that sacrifice. It is not from yourself that you offer Jesus Christ. God offers Jesus Christ and then you accept what he has done by faith, by trusting that he died for you. And so it's not from yourself. It is all of God if God is to be pleased with you, that he is to declare you as righteous and then reward you rather than punish you for your sins. And so we need to humble ourselves and recognize that there is nothing in us that can make us right before God. That God can then be pleased with us. That our works, no matter whether it's an animal sacrifice or a grain sacrifice or a fruit sacrifice of some sort, or any other thing that you bring to God, it can't please Him and atone for your sins. The only thing that can make you acceptable before God is if you have faith in Him. And this is how you can spot false religions. Religions of Satan is that they will always tell you that you're not that bad. They may tell you that you are bad and acknowledge that you are, there are some faults in you. But ultimately, they will never tell you that you're totally bad and that there is nothing within you that you can offer God for God to be pleased with you. We have to remember that there is nothing that we can offer God. We must forget the self-esteem movement that exalts us and pushes us up and tells us to be proud of ourselves. That's a lie from Satan. We must debase ourselves before God. We must recognize that there is nothing we can bring to him, have a low view of ourselves, and then draw near to God by faith and offer him sacrifices because we believe in him. So Cain and Abel here basically represent the two groups of people that you can find within churches. There are the people of Cain and there are the people of Abel. Sorry to use my hands and say that the people over here seem to be the people of Cain and the people over here seem to be the people of Abel. But within a church, you will find people who are people of Cain. Remember, Cain did bring an offering to God. It wasn't like he said, I'm not going to bring anything to God. He did bring an offering to God. But he trusted in that sacrifice to make him right with God. Kind of like your relationship might be with the tax office, where you don't really like the tax office, but you think that if I pay my taxes, I can buy the tax office off, and the tax office will be pleased with me and not punish me. But that's not our relationship with God, because we can't buy him off at all. Whatever we do, will never make up for what we've done with our sin. And so we need God to love us, not because of the offerings that we bring to him, but because we trust in the offering that he has made on our behalf. And so when you come to church, there are people here who make sacrifices. They sacrifice their time and their energy by coming to church. They sing well, they pray well, they read the Bible, they take Part in the Lord's Supper, they volunteer at the church, they work very hard through the week in supporting the church in different ways, they give financially to the church. But all that work, if that's what they're depending on to make God happy with them, is worthless. And God is not pleased with them. He looks on them in anger as he did on Cain, as Cain brought an offering to the Lord. All we can do is trust in God, have faith in God, if he is to be pleased with us. And we should note here that it is often that the group of Cain will murder the worshippers who come to God by faith. Remember Cain? When he realised that God was angry with his offerings, that God did not accept his offerings, what did he do? He tried to stamp out someone who was righteous by faith. And that has happened again and again over the centuries. People who appear to be people who worship God and are very religious and offer God all kinds of things, they stomp on those who approach God by faith. Sometimes physically, they actually murder such people. Oftentimes, particularly in our culture, they just belittle those who approach God by faith. And you can go into churches, and they can belittle you, as you say. All you need to do is trust in Christ, and they don't like the fact that you say that their offerings are unacceptable to God. But we must remember that it is by faith. No matter how much they may want to stamp us out, the only way that we're acceptable to God is as if we come as Abel did, by faith and offer a sacrifice to Him. And this is taught throughout the Bible. It's not as though Abel's the only one. We'll see other examples as we work through Hebrews 11 together that it's by faith that we approach God. But a clear example of this is shown by another two worshippers that Jesus speaks of in a parable in Luke chapter 18. I invite you to turn with me there now. Luke chapter 18, which is found on page 1038. 1038. of the Church Bibles, page 1038, Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Luke chapter 18, verse 9, we have another example of Cain and Abel coming to worship God. Verse 9 says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. A sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For who everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. See what's happening in this passage? You've got two people who come to worship God, and they approach God on two different foundations. One approaches God. On his own righteousness. That's what Jesus says at the beginning. He says to some who uh, Luke says, he says to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. He sees himself as righteous, not by faith, but because of himself. He trusts in himself. I am so strong. I do all the right things, and so God is pleased with me. And then there's this other person who approaches God, and what does he stand on? God's mercy, that's all. He says to God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He doesn't go through a catalogue of all the good things that he's offered the Lord over the years. No, he just comes to God and asks for forgiveness. Now, which one is right before God? The passage tells us, Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Who is justified? Who is right In God's eyes, that's what justification means. A legal declaration that someone is right rather than wrong. Who is right in this parable? The man who stood on God's mercy by faith. The man who stood on his own righteousness is condemned by Jesus Christ and will one day be humbled because he exalted himself and trusted in himself. Now, you here in this this morning are in a church building. You've drawn near to worship God. You've prayed. You've sung. You may have even given in the tree. You've heard the Bible read. You're hearing the Bible preached now. Why are you sacrificing your time and energy to do these things? Is it because you will stand on these things that you have done this morning on Judgment Day and say, God, you must accept me into your heaven. You must declare me as righteous because of the things that I did way back 16th of October 2016 when I went to Des Moines Baptist Church or the other righteous things that I've done in this world. As I've served you and offered you many things over the years, I sacrificed so much. I may have even gone on pilgrimage. I may have been a missionary overseas and told people about Jesus Christ. Why have you come this morning and done the things that you have done? Is it because you want to be declared righteous because of those things? Or have you come because you have faith in Christ? You have faith in God and you have done those things like Abel did. He gave his offering because he first believed. In God. And so then you have come and offered God your time and your energy this morning as you've sat and you've prayed, as you've listened to God's word read aloud, as you've even put money in the offertory bags. You've done those things because they spring from faith rather than from your own desire to be righteous. I encourage you this morning approach God by faith, as Abel did long ago, and then come and offer him sacrifices. Offer him the sacrifice of your time and your energy and the money that God has given you so that you can then be generous towards his kingdom. But never stand on the righteous acts that you see Christians doing. Come by faith to God, and then you are declared as righteous, as Abel was, and then you are granted eternal life, because it's by faith in the work of the Lamb so many years ago. Let us come to God in prayer now. Let us speak to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the way that Abel still speaks to us today, that even though Cain killed him so many years ago, he still has a message for us, that we must approach you by faith if we are to be righteous, if we are to be rewarded. We don't come before you with sacrifices that come from our own strength, from our faith in ourselves, because they will never be acceptable, as Cain's sacrifice was not acceptable, because he depended upon his own self. Lord, we pray that we may always give you good things, sacrifice things from our lives, because we have first approached you by faith in Christ, where we've acknowledged that we have nothing to offer you, that the only thing we can offer you is Jesus Christ, and even he was given to us to give to you, that we were not involved in making that payment that Jesus Christ made at the cross. And so, Lord, we pray that we would humble ourselves as that tax collector did in the parable. And come before you and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and go home justified this day. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.